0: Hello and welcome to episode 493 of Virgo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew, the real deal Ferguson. How are you? Oh, man, not too bad. I, I got to punching out some numbers during the weekend, which has uh, been a long time since I did that. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, it's amazing how cranky people get over stats and facts.
1: Yeah, when you when you put in place a set of really really relaxed rules, I mean you were very you were very complimentary to many of the teams, especially at the lower end of the list, right? Yeah. And it was a big list, and so it's not like you were, had these harsh exclusionary rules in place that got rid of some teams that were surprising. You basically let everyone have a, a chance to be able to claim a dynasty of some sort.
0: That's right. So, yeah, I put together a list of the um, 33 most successful dynasties, and I, I had a rule, and that was had to be four consecutive seasons of finishing in the top four at the end of the regular season mm-hmm. and had to have appeared in at least one grand final.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I know people are going to say it's a bit weird, or why haven't they had to have success in there? And it's because there's a, there's a few reasons, okay? Um, in the the first decade or so, we had the 1st past the post rule in place. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get a team that was maybe just a draw away from being the Premier that year. And because of that, then there was no finals in place. They -hmm. finished one point behind the team that was the Premier. And -hmm. that team that was Premier might have gone on and and not finished in the top four the next year. But this other team that was one draw away was consistently like second or third for four or five years in a row. Yeah, And so I think a dynasty needs to be much more than winning a premiership. It needs to be sustained, consistent success in the regular season and in the finals. And so I was trying to treat both sides of that equally, which I know you can have arguments either way, but for for what I was doing, my rule, and this is going to sound like a real prick thing, but my rule is the rule that I run by. That's the rule that you all have to just live with. If you don't like it, do your own fucking list.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So I, I think that the way I, so we've and we just talked about this before. For me, a dynasty is you got to win three straight. That's the that's it, right? And that's okay that our ideas of dynasty are different. For me, your list is more of a you had to get through this team to be the best, right? Yeah, yeah, and you've and their rate, and I think if you rank them, in that context, it's a fucking amazing list, all right? But if you want to call them a dynasty, you can call them whatever you want, Andrew, because you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want because you're the best stats person in the game, my stats guy. Your stats guy. My that's,
0: stats guy, everyone. That's what I'm doing here. <laughs> Um So, look, I've, I put together a whole list. I, and the way I had it is um, I basically just gave every team a rank mm-hmm. from 1 to 33. And For all of these different sectors, okay, so the regular season win percentage, average for average against, same for final, same for the total, um, the length of the dynasty as far as seasons, not games mm-hmm. that way, um, the teams that played just four seasons in the current game weren 't being um, promoted up the list higher than mm-hmm. a team that might have been at the top for nine and a half or ten seasons or whatever in the early days when there was less games being played. Mm-hmm. Um, number of titles won in that dynasty. Number of times they were runners up, which means number of times they made it to the final two or got to the grand final, so um, and so. Um, there was only thirty three. Should we go through them? I can just go quick. Just name them quick. Let's go through the top. Let's get through to ten. Let's go
1: through to ten quickly. Because okay. Then it gets spicy. Yep.
0: Okay. Uh, thirty third West forty seven to fifty two. Thirty second was the Dragons thirty nine to forty four. 31st Glebe 1918 to 22, 30th was St George 27 to 31, 29th Bowmaine 36 to 39, 28th St George 46 to 49, 27th West 56 to 63. That was the millionaires. <laughs> um, 26th Manly 2011 to 14, 25th the Bulldogs 1936 to 42, 24th Parramatta 76 to 79, 23rd Newtown 1910 to 15. 22nd, Bowmane, 1941 to 50. That was one of the longer dynasties in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was only five that went for more than 10, that went for 10 seasons or more, and that was one of them. Um, 21st, Newtown, 43 to 48. 20th was the Roosters, 2017 to 20. 19th, the Bulldogs, 83 to 86. 18th, the Magpies, 29 to 32. 17th, Canberra, 87 to 91. 16th Manly 68 to 78. 15th Brisbane 95 to 98. 14th the Roosters 1908 to 14. The Daily Messenger one. 13th South 49 to 57. 12th the Roosters 74 to 77. 11th Melbourne 2006 to 09. Mm-hmm. I put that one in there even though every all their titles in there were stripped. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a- go on go on. Sorry, I was gonna say I kind of wanted to have um a bit of a marker in there to show you, that's I exactly guess, it. how impressive that side was, but also how even when you get to cheat, you still couldn't make the top 10. Yeah, yeah. That, and I was going to say exactly. It's a really good marker because
1: people, I think that anybody that's been watching the game in the last 20 years, they know how fucking
0: good that side was, and we found out why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're into the top 10. Okay. So 10th is South, 1908 to eighteen. Mhm. Um, Eleven seasons, four titles, two runners-up. Um, they won seventy-two percent of their regular season games. Average score was fifteen point uh, nine to seven. In the finals, fifty percent win rate, but they didn't play many finals games then. Yeah. Um, the total win percentage all up for the that period there seventy-one percent. That's crazy. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, ninth South again, nineteen sixty-seven to seventy-two. Six seasons, four titles, one premiership. They missed out on one grand final in that time.
2: Wow, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: they won 74% of the games in the regular season, 75% in the finals. Uh, so for a total of 74.31%. Mm-hmm. Um, eighth was Balmain during the war, First World War period, 1914 to 21. Eight seasons long, five titles, never were runners-up. Um mm-hmm. They won 73% of their regular season games and 100% in the finals. I wow, will say, good. though, that they only played one finals game. That was the 1916 final, which they beat South 5-3. Okay. Um, they had the best defense of any of these dynasties, where they conceded just 7.48 points per game. That's pretty insane. Um, seventh, Manly, 1993-97. Five seasons, one title, two runners-up. Should They should have won... At
1: least two, like that. At least two, two. I was thinking about this during the week, actually, because I want to write about that Canterbury side of nineteen ninety six. uh yeah, ninety six. Mm. Um, they should have. They should have won that game, Manly. They really should have won that game. I'm not saying that that the Bulldogs didn't deserve to win it or anything, but just with how good they were, uh, that's the killer to people really remember that Manly team for how it should have been remembered. And that's yeah. why it's so difficult to do
0: it, you know. Absolutely. They won seventy-seven percent of their regular season games, which is one of the top, oh pretty sure top five for these dynasties, um, and one of the best defensive sides. We've spoken about this before mm-hmm. in the modern era. Considered mm-hmm. just twelve point two five points per game. Yeah. Um, sixth is Parramatta, nineteen eighty one to eighty six, six seasons, four titles, one runner up, so they missed one grand final. Now, it needs to be – there was something that I knew
1: that Paramount fans would get upset about, and that break between the late 70s, early 80s. But then I'm guessing in 1980, they finished like, what, fifth or sixth?
0: Fifth. Fifth, there you go. So no, that's what fifth, the break was, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, the thing that's impressive about this Paramount side, okay, their regular season win percentage was 69.86%, which is still insane. Nice. But they were better in finals. And many teams did that. They were 73% better in the finals. Oh, that's cool. Their defense was even better. So their overall win percentage was 70% um, in that period, which is, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Now into the top five. Mm -hmm. East, 1930 to 38, the Dave Brown years. Yeah. Nine seasons, three titles, three runners up. In the regular season, they won 74% of the games. And this is not going to sound too crazy. But in the thirties, this is nuts, okay. their average attack, so points per game was twenty three points per game. Mm-hmm. Most of the teams around that time were doing sixteens and seventeen points per game mm-hmm. the the better sides so they would <laughs> they were nearly two converted tries per game better than their opponents at that time yeah, yeah, um, in the finals forty two percent so overall a seventy one percent win record. Fourth place is the current Panthers side. Okay, now what are their stats? Four seasons, two titles, one runners-up. And remember, this hasn't got this year's final system in it either. Yeah. Their regular season win percentage out of all of these 33 dynasties is the only one over 80%. <laughs> and they are at 83.7%. They're so not just right. over it, they're over it by a mile. Yeah. They've got the second-best attack as well at 27 points per game.
1: Okay. And now, look, that's going to happen in the modern day, especially if they played some Volandis ball.
0: Yes. Um, their win record in the finals is also the highest at 80%, other than that Balmain one where they had that one game. Yep. But for having played legitimate number of finals games, yeah. Yep. So their overall win percentage is 83.33%. That's nuts. And it's hard to argue with the final three. Maybe the order of the next two you could probably have a discussion about because mm-hmm. I thought that uh, the team that's third would have been second, and that's South from 1922 to 35. It's the seg- second-longest dynasty with 14 seasons. They've got seven titles and three runners-up. Oh, yeah. Seventy three point four uh 73.74% uh, win percentage in the regular season, 66 in the finals for an overall total of 73. Mm-hmm. Second is The Storm, 2015 to 21. Seven seasons, two titles, two runners-up. They won 76% in the regular season, 68 in the finals for a total of 7596 mm-hmm. And, I mean, the obvious one is St. George. 1951 to 73, 23 <laughs> seasons of constantly finishing in the top four with 11 premierships and three runners-up. It's just so outrageous. <laughs> that is... That is Don Bradman to whoever's second best team on batting averages. That's how far away it is. It's insane.
1: Like what would that – that would have to be like the Panthers going through to what the 2000 – like late 2030s, early 2040s being the top four? 23 years.
0: It would be 2042. Yeah, top four every year until 2042. You think even if the Storm had not been found guilty of cheating the cap Mm. and their run starts from 2006 – that only puts them uh, at what seventeen years. They've still got six more to go. That's nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. And they've cheated in there. Yeah. And they still haven't done it.
1: Yeah, they got a wooden spoon in there, so it like it, it, they haven't done that. Yeah. Fuck. That's
0: crazy. So that was that was what it was. Obviously, it's all up for discussion and whatnot, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah yeah I, I put in there a little rule there so that was that was a bit of stats you can but, check it out on on Twitter
1: yeah what you're saying is anybody that that wants to
0: discuss it just shut up because you're right well obviously yeah yeah okay you that. don't you don't get in this business of stats and opinion writing and opinion giving hmm. by trying to tell people that they've got a chance of of proving you wrong. It's um, not a discussion, it's not a discussion no as I said before. I don't dish out opinions per se. I just dish out facts. If you choose to not agree with them, then that just makes you stupid. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else is fake news. I'm not gonna waste your time with opinions. No one gives a fuck about opinions. We just spit facts out here. Exactly. exactly. That's all we're here for. Um so that's that's me blowing my trumpet. That's out of the way.
1: I think it's very it's very uh it's good time for a list like that because we're coming into a final series, which is potentially very historic. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like in a month from now, like rugby league history is going to be made one way or the other, which is awesome. It's so cool when you know rugby league history is being made. Like, I remember that in the 2008 World Cup at the final when I was there. And I was watching New Zealand, and, and they it was a close game, close game. You always were used to Australia coming back. But then it was like, oh, no, they're, they're going to win this. Like, New Zealand's winning this. And you knew it was history as it was happening. And I, it's cool to know we're about to
0: see that either way. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get on to one, I'm going to say, minor story. Okay. That has the greatest... Headline. I just need to share it with you. Okay. NRL's ultimate journeyman abruptly leaves the Dolphins to chase his Super League dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story that had to be written.
1: (laughs) First of all, I don't think you've got to say Gold Coast Titans journeyman, because that's just implied in Gold Coast Titans player. (laughs)
0: I want to leave the elite competition to chase my dream in a minor competition.
1: Can't can't wait to go and play for Lee. <laughs> it's
0: like um Max Verstappen saying, yeah, you know what? I I want to leave F one and chase go into my dream of playing like Gran Turismo yeah full time on the PS five. That's my goal now. <laughs> <laughs> what <Yeah>. the fuck? <sighs> well, I just had to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, all right. We've got some real news?
1: Well, I'm ready to look at the finals games, quite honestly, because... I think, I think we should. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's time. It's time.
0: We do. So, let's have a look. What's the, uh, the first game we've got here on for the week? I'll... We've
1: got the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Melbourne Storm up there at Suncorp Stadium. Brisbane, unbelievably rested players in their last round match against this same Storm team. So the Storm were going to get two looks at them, which is horrifying to me. Um, and gave up the chance to be minor premiers, which I think for the Broncos was really important that they actually went and they grabbed that and they chose not to. And to me, that was crazy. And now they're coming in off of a loss against the Storm, playing the Storm. And I don't envy them at all.
0: I've got some stats for these four games. Okay. All right. Melbourne have scored 1,003 points in their last 33 games against the Broncos, which is an average of 30 points per game. That goes back to the 2007 final series. The Broncos have won just four of those 33 games. Wow. Melbourne have won all of the last four finals games between them and the Broncos, with a combined score of 126 to 24. Holy shit. <laughs> um, This is the most lopsided clash. That, yeah, it's, it's crazy, yeah. Historically, it's just... For some reason, the Broncos just go to pieces against the Storm. It's insane, and that's why I don't understand
1: going in and not putting your best foot forward. It's not like this Brisbane team has won a bunch of stuff already, and the tr- the trophy was in the stadium ready to be wheeled out for them, and they chose not to put their best foot forward for that. All of these young players in their side, and I know they rested players, but all of these young players I think would have got a lot from being minor premiers and from being able to do it against Storm. And look, they might've put their best team out there and still lost, but I just thought it was a, I thought it was a bad idea. And I think that it's compounded by the fact that they're playing the Storm again. I don't want Craig Bellamy to download all of the information one week and then use it the next week against the same team. I would hate it if that was happening against the Panthers, you know? Yeah. But, and it just, it feels like it's a bad it's a bad setup for their, really their first finals run for this team. I know they've been there before and not too long ago, but this team, this group, this is their first goal at it really. And I just thought it was a bad first
0: step forward towards it. Well, there's a lot of changes for both these uh, sides because obviously a ton were rested and a few Mm -hmm. have come back from injury, but the Broncos for this week compared to what they had last week, have got the following players coming back. Adam Reynolds, Billy Walters, Ezra Mam, Herbie Farnworth, Kobe Hetherington, Katoni Staggs, Kurt Capwell, Patrick Carrigan, Payne Haas, Reese Walsh, and Selwyn Cobbo. Mm-hmm. And the Storm have got Cameron Munster, Christian Welch, Ellie Katoa, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Marion Seve, Nelson Asifa Solomona, Nick Meaney, Tom Eisenhoof, Trent Loreo, Tui Kamakitha. Kamakitha. That's him. Yep. Uh, Will Warwick and Xavier Coates. Um. These guys, these these sides are basically completely different to what played last week. Mm-hmm. Um, for the the Broncos, that Tristan Saylor who played last week had a phenomenal performance. Yeah, um, he's twenty second man on the on their roster. i on their squad. I'd be thinking about putting him in the four man bench. Um, I just don't know what you do with him off the bench though. Like they've got Jock Madden in there, who's a halfback. Yes. See, that's that's not good either. So I, that's a waste. Whereas Sailor, I mean, he can play at six and he can play fullback. So if you if you lose a half, you can put him in the halves. Mm -hmm. Your other half that's there, be it Reynolds or Ma'am, they can play seven. And sailor can go in at six. It's not going to be a, a struggle for him. He's that good. He can do that. Um, he and he's just—he's uh, a legit X-factor player. Whereas Madden isn't. No, he's I, would, I wouldn't be carrying a halfback on a bench, not in a finals game. No, unless they're not—not not a pure halfback. If it was a big
1: 5'8", big-bodied five-eight, they'd get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not not a not a halfback. But even with sailor, I mean, I don't know. I I like my benches to be. It's almost all forward rotation. Like three forwards oh, basically and a and yeah. a big utility.
0: Yeah, so well the other thing they've got on there's they've, they've also got Corey Oates on the bench. So they've got yeah. a winger and a halfback on the bench against the storm. Yeah, that that, if they if they actually take that you, that's silly. That's bad. So we'll see that they We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um So the next game we've got Hang is on, who Pan- do you think's gonna win? Uh Storm by
1: twenty-five. Wow, that's a thrashing. I, I think. Yeah. I think the Storm. I think it's going to be about thirty-two points to twenty-two, with the Broncos having a, a late try or two, and uh, and we'll be like, oh, the Storm are one more win away from the grand final. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to write these down. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Next one is Panthers versus the Warriors. Um. Penrith have won their last seven games against the Warriors and they've won their last six straight finals games. And they've won four of their finals games that they've played at Penrith, all up. Mm-hmm. Um, Penrith are clear favourites here. Yeah, this, it's...
1: You know, the, the Warriors have played really, really good this year and the idea that their reward for that is to take on Penrith in Penrith... <laughs> on an afternoon uh, track, which is going to be pretty dry to, to start the game with, unless it rains. I don't think it's going to rain, but, um, uh, yeah, it's it feels unfair. <laughs> it feels a little bit unfair. And it feels like that they're coming in against a Penrith team, which is um, at like, you know, we saw what they did last week with the Cowboys, and I feel like the, there is a little bit of, Similarity between the Cowboys and uh, the Warriors in that they've both got pretty sizable forward packs. Um, I think the Warriors' halves have been going better than the Cowboys' halves, that's for sure. And I think the Warriors have a little bit more size in their back line as well. But I I just see some similarities in the middle of the field for both teams. And we have just seen what the Panthers did to the Cowboys in a must-win game for the Cowboys. So, um,
0: yeah. The thing I like that Penrith have done here is they've managed to rest their majority of their key players, Mm -hmm. but not in a way where nearly all of them took last week off. So this week they've got Matt Eisenhuth, Mitch Kenny, Scott Cyrus, and Tom Jenkins coming into the 22-man squad they've got there. Just four Mm -hmm. changes. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. The Warriors have got Adam Fennell, Blake, Charles Dickwell, Clockstar. Dallin Martini, Lesniak, Jackson Ford, Jaz Devanga, Sean Johnson, Tohu Harris, Wade Egan. It's, I find when you, if you've got to come in against Penrith, you need to make sure that everybody is ready to go. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think for, for this side, I would have liked Sean Johnson and Tohu Harris, especially possibly even Wade Egan, two of all have played last week. If you need to rest them, do it the week before that. But, you know, they need to be, they need to have some mileage in their legs the game before the play against Penrith because um, they're going to be working their asses off trying to crack that Panthers defence. Like, you know, it's, it's the one thing that's the hardest thing to do in the game at the moment.
1: Yeah. And like, of all of these teams in the finals, if Penrith had rested players and the Storm had rested players, I'd say, yeah, I get that. Everyone else should not have rested players. They. They haven't achieved anything to rest players. And that's what it comes down to. Like, what we, what are you resting players for? What are you trying to avoid? I think the Jerome Luai injury scared the shit out of everyone in the competition. And that's why we saw so many players rest last weekend. I don't think we've ever seen a weekend like that where we've seen most teams that were in the finals, like that were at the top of the ladder I'm talking about, rested half their squad. And it was interesting because I went to the Panthers game last week, I was invited by Nadine to the Panthers game, and it was interesting to see Penrith run out and they ran out their best team that they could for because they had the players that they coming back were coming back from injuries in this finals game, so they ran out their best team that they had mm. available and put one on the Cowboys and they're really the only of the top four sides are the only one that can say they had a real good hit out last week. They are almost unchanged in terms of their starting lineup. And they're, they're like everyone wants to be ready to rock and roll, we know the the Panthers are ready to rock and roll. And that's the thing that gets me. And, you know, the Warriors should have been in that same position where they were like, we come in, we put a, put on a good performance in the last round and now we're ready for the finals and here we go and instead they put out half a football team against the dolphins and got smacked and i just think it's a real bad way to go into a final series against a team that like the panthers know what they are you know they've got no questions about themselves but there's a lot of questions about this warriors team that they don't know about themselves and none of us do they might go out there and prove that you know doesn't matter about finals experience for the, their side they'll just go out and get the job done but we don't know that you know, and it it's gonna be interesting to see how they, they do it and it's the toughest test. They've got the toughest test and it feels a bit unfair on them.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna go um Penrith by fourteen. Fourteen. I think that
1: I think Penrith will win um I think they're gonna win thirty eight points to fourteen.
0: I was just doing margins. <laughs> <laughs> You on thirty eight fourteen thirty eight fourteen yeah you're going big one here
1: yeah I I think what will happen is it'll be very much like last week's game pretty close early on uh, the Warriors get a good run of it and if they don't start cracking Penrith it'll just it'll be like last week where Pen the machine just starts they start wearing you down
0: yes um okay the next game. Oh, the Sharks play the Roosters. Um, just say, because there's been a bit of chat about this. Yeah. Um, the Roosters are not going to be able to get any fans to the game because of all the fucking tears and salt that are going to be between Bondi and the, Sh- and the Sharks' home ground. It'll have, be... you seen, have you seen the amount of sooking? Oh, you know, it's not fair. It's not
1: supposed to be fair. Why, is it, why does everyone think that fucking sport's supposed
0: to be fair, hey? It's really strange. It's, it's got me beat. Uh, there was a time several years ago when the Sharks gave up home ground advantage. I think it was against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they took their game to the Sydney Football Stadium. And they lost. And I don't think they actually took it there. I think they were told to take it there. And they lost that game. And the next time they had a home finals game in the first week, they went, you know what? We're going to play it at Shark Park. Fair enough. You know, people saying, oh, you finish sixth, you don't deserve to get home ground advantage. And But the team who finished seventh does? Yeah, it's a strange one. And, And just
1: so much whinging about it. Like... And the thing is, too, like, it's the same old fucking news sock we've been through three times where we used to play the big games at the, the Sydney Football Stadium, basically, because it was the one big ground in Sydney. And then, you know, now it's 2023 and there's a bunch of different grounds we can play at. So we make it a, a little bit of a better system for the teams that have earned the right to host finals games at home. And that's it. That's it. It's all over. Right. I understand that the, the Shark Stadium isn't big, but if the Sharks decided to play at Whalen Reserve, that's their
0: right. Absolutely it is. Can we go back to um, have a look at some of the smaller crowds in the finals mm-hmm. pre-COVID? We can't mm-hmm. use any post because the only small one we've had post-COVID has been the Sharks versus Cowboys last year, mm-hmm. which was at Shark Park, and it was obviously 12,500. Yeah. Um, so we've got, let's see, 2019. What are the small crowds here? Uh, 15,000 Manly played Cronulla at Brookvale.
1: Now, I think I wrote about that because I was saying that they should move that to the SFS. And I was I was looking at how long it took to get from, like, say, Shark Park and, and Manly's Brookvale Oval to the SFS. And, like, from Shark Park to the SFS isn't a huge amount of time, but it's some time. And from Brookvale Oval to the SFS, it's anywhere between, like, 45 minutes to four and a half hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, for merely um, Brookvale Oval, especially at that time, Ugh. insane record there, especially against the Sharks. So, yeah, yeah we're going to take that game there. Yeah. Um, the next crowd under 20,000 prior to that, 2018, Cronulla played Penrith at the SFS, got 19,000. Mm-hmm. Um, 2018, the Warriors played Penrith at Stadium Australia, 17,000. Mm-hmm. Same year, Melbourne played South at the Amy Park, 17,000.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do we got here? 2017, oh, Sharks played Cowboys at the Sydney Football Stadium, 16,000. Kendra's played manly at the Sydney Football Stadium, 15,000. My point here, okay, is there was this ridiculous article by Andrew Webster coming out saying, oh, there's going to be a finals game at, you know, they're going to be trying to ram in 12,500 people into Shark Park when there's a 45,000-seat 45, 45, stadium up the road. Just 20Ks up the road. Just a few clicks up the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. The they always that high.
0: Yeah. And you're like... The problem is, and this is not this is not a slur on um, the sharks, okay. But obviously, what we've seen here in recent times, when they've played another Sydney team, even at the Sydney Football Stadium, at the other team's home ground, or at their own home ground, they don't draw big crowds.
1: No, nah, their crowds
0: are small everywhere. Right. So a twelve and a half thousand stadium that is completely chock a block and overflowing is probably going to be um, more apt than going to a 45,000-seat stadium and half-filling the thing at best. Yeah,
1: and like, I mean, them, them crowds that you said for the for the Cronulla Sharks where they did play at the SFS, they they weren't great. Like, it no. wasn't like they got 35,000 there for those games. It was like 20,000 against the Panthers. Yeah, but I mean,
0: if, even when Penrith and Manly were forced to go there for a game... Mm. It's a long slog to get there. And cronullas it's not that much different. It's at the far south part of the, the Sydney CBD. You've got a northern one and a far western one. Obviously, Penrith's further away than the other two. Mm. But it's a long slog to make them drag all their fans to some place in the city where they don't have any advantage, especially when yeah. playing against another Sydney team who would have that advantage. Yeah, who the, they they go so, on about it being their home ground all the time. I'm just fascinated by how much sooking has gone on over it. And no one has sooked about all these other games that were played at other grounds,, mm-hmm. you know it's just utterly I mean, why isn't there the same sooking about the fact that Penrith aren't playing their finals games at the forty five thousand c stadium, why aren't they' only playing in front of twenty five thousand fans?
1: It's not. it'll be to like twenty or well, I think it'll be twenty two maybe because the the capacity keeps on getting lowered
0: Mate, and- that- but there's a stadium that's just 32 clicks down the dirt road past a few mailboxes, mate. It's kind of 45 grand. You could basically see it. It's almost at the end of the street. Oh, fucking hell, mate! You on your way to go and get the mail, you go past one that's can like hold 60 or 70 thousand. <laughs> it's look. I think the only reason, oh, I, I think the only
1: reason they didn't say it about Penrith is because the Shark Park is so dramatically smaller, and it was kind of that they had their focus and their, their trigger point for people and
0: they went with it. And so... like and that's the nuts part of it. Yeah. and people, The same argument could apply to Penrith and any other team that's playing at the home ground that's not Sydney Football Stadium or, you know, Allianz. I mean, even Parramatta. Parramatta's, you know, their new stadium doesn't hold 45,000. They don't complain about them playing there. Yeah, and, and it's not
1: like... It's not like the game's struggling for the money either. Like, we've got the luxury of being able to say, yeah, we, this is what we're going to do. And we understand people will not be able to get to the game. And, and if you've got a ticket, it's going to be bloody expensive. Um, but the TV ratings will be huge for these games. And, like, everything's going in an all right direction. And, like, in an ideal world, yeah, we want everyone to be able to play at home in a in a bigger stadium. Um but, like, it's fine. The world is going to keep spinning. The football game's
0: going to get played, and then we'll move on to week two. Well, it's not 1962 where ticket sales is what's important and that's where all the money comes from. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not England. No, no. We're not counting away fans. <laughs> People walking past the ground. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a stupid, stupid opinion to have and such a stupid thing to get cranky about. And, it, like...
1: Of all of the moments to do it, we've got this final series where all of these games this weekend are awesome for their own reasons. And anybody that's focusing on the fucking stadium sizes is just like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Absolutely.
0: The stats here. Sharks Mm -hmm. have lost all of their last five finals games conceding an average of 30 points per game. Mm Mm-hmm. And Roosters have won four of their last five games at PointsBet Stadium. However, that one loss was this year.
1: Now, the, that Sharks losing record in the, the finals, does that go back to um, the the good old days of... No, fucking, 20, uh,
0: 2017, I think it goes back to. Okay, so that's a little bit after the... Um... Yeah,
1: it's Compliant. <laughs> compliant. Yeah, I wish. I'm glad you said compliant because I was going through my head of everything I could call, and they was just getting more libus
0: and more livelys. So, okay. Um, for the for both sides, not many changes here, and most of it is to the extended bench. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Sharks side, they've got um the only two that might come through Matt Moylan and William Kennedy are both listed on the extended bench.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for the Sharks, best interest in for their attack. They should keep Matt Moylan there. Um, they don't need to race Kennedy back because Tracy has been doing a bloody good job there filling in. I think he's he might be injured though. Like I, I know that. Yeah, they they said he 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 had a knee injury, but they said he said he felt a bit of a jolt in there. But he's had scans today, and they've come back and saying there's absolutely no injuries in there, and he says okay. he's feeling fine, so okay. he should be okay. And I don't know how I don't know if William Kennedy's been rushed back or not. Um, one other thing too that might motivate the Sharks is if they get to the grand final, Wag Graham will play his 300th game in the grand final. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it's not happened, but. You know. Nah, it's not. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the Roosters, um, Joey Manu's back, and they've got yep. Dylan Napa on the extended bench.
1: Yeah, big big inclusion, Dylan Napa. big puppy. Yeah, um, yeah I I think bringing back. Joey Manu, it feels very, very early for a, a, the hammy injury that
0: he did. I do tend to agree. Yeah. Um, two of your favorite teams here. Which which one are you going to be going with for the win? I you say that like I have any
1: sort of disdain for these clubs. I just think one shouldn't exist and one should have folded. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, it's it's this is really the hardest one of the round for me because, um. I think that I think eventually the roosters are going to be found out in a massive way, but I don't know that it's the sharks that are going to do it. I think the shark's definitely capable of doing it to the roosters. Um, and the sharks uh, just I haven't thought much of them all season. And I've been really honest about that, and I guess I feel the same about both of these teams in a way. I just feel as though they're of no consequence to what we're going to see happen in the finals. And as soon as they run into someone else, like if I think if these teams were playing anybody else, I'd probably have picked anybody else in the finals. I'm I'm talking even Canberra Raiders, right? Mm. So, but because they're playing each other, it's like, you know, it's hard to pick, but I'd probably go with the Sharks just because I think they're probably a little more settled. Uh, Their injuries aren't the key injury. Like I think Manu, I'd be worried about him all game and he's a big part of their team and yeah i i i think i'd probably lean towards the sharks
0: um yeah i'm going with the sharks by four i think the roosters played their big semi-final game last week against the the bunnies mm-hmm. and i still wasn't overly convinced by their performance no no um their attack was just clunky
1: yeah it was and and I mean, that's probably
0: probably the is look for the last bloody two months, and it still doesn't look right.
1: No, it doesn't. And and I think that they've, I mean, like, I haven't looked through who they've played in the last two months, but it feels like they haven't really played any of the big guns. Um, It feels like they've had, and I'm not saying they've had a soft run, because you don't have soft runs in the NRL.
0: Oh, say so from when they run started, so around 21. Mm-hmm. They beat the Titans, then they lost to the Broncos, and then they had five straight wins against Manly, Dolphins, Parramatta, West Tigers, and South.
1: Yeah, see, so like you know,
0: none of them in the none of those teams finished in the top eight.
1: No, nah, so um, they did really well to make the finals. They really did. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, against I mean South sort of were a slow motion, you know, disintegration happening from mid-season, so beating Souths wasn't anything great. Um, but we'll see how they go. Like, this is a real 50-50 game. I'm probably just leaning towards the Sharks, and I'm going to say Sharks 21 and the Roosters 14.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a close one. Um, The last match on Sunday, Knights versus the Raiders. Sold out. Sold out. Um, this is the first time these two sides have met in the finals match. Oh, really? There you <laughs> that's, go. That's kind of random. Um, the Knights' last home final game and also their last home final win was in two thousand and six. Wow, that's crazy. And the Raiders have had five wins in their last eight visits to uh, McDonald Jones Stadium against the Knights.
1: They've both brought like I know Crocker ruled himself out, so that's a big blow for the for the Knights. Um, I'll tell
0: you I, what, I, the way he's been playing at the moment, I think um, the Raiders would be better off without Jordan Rapana in the side.
1: I, Craig Nuremberg is a really big fan of the Raiders. and A couple of weeks ago, and I like him. He's one of the journalists I like. I think he's a human being. But a few weeks ago, he said, is Jordan Rapana the best winger the Raiders have ever had? And I just had to I I wanted to find a rocking chair and just rock back and forth in it for about eight hours because the guy is a fucking disaster zone. Like, and he he does his disasters at 1,000 miles an hour, which is a credit to him, but they're (laughs) fucking disasters, you know? I've I've always said
0: about him that you will get, every week, you'll get 30 minutes of really, really top-quality football out of Jordan Rapana, and then 50 minutes of some of the most insane fucking brain snaps you'll ever see. Yes. Like, poor carriage would be watching him play and rubbing his forehead, rubbing his temples, going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Have some fucking composure. <laughs> Think, man. Think. What are you doing? Be a professional, fool. <laughs> fuck. Have you not played this game before? <laughs> this isn't the time to lose your fucking head. <laughs> there was a moment, right, key moment last weekend against the Sharks. Mm. A kick was put in. It went along the ground, and um, got top my head. I think Jamal Fogarty turned around and he was standing there, not too far away from the ball. He was not quite in reach, but he's standing there as kind of like going in the line of the ball, but he's blocking it. It's a grubber, mm-hmm. and for some reason the ball is still like two three meters from the from the Raiders line. Rapana decides to slide in and his knee digs in, and then he doesn't slide far enough, and the ball just bounces away from him, like gleefully just pops along, and the Sharks score from him, you're going, what are you, why are you diving like that? You've Mm -hmm. got a blocker there to keep the defense away from you a little bit, give you a bit of a buffer zone. Like, every other fullback picks that up. They'll either try and hurt it over the sideline if it's going too fast, or they'll pick it up. Why are you sliding? Like, especially sliding in with your back to the defense, yeah, The first thing they're going to do, even if you take the ball cleanly, they're going to push you into your own goal because you've got no momentum and no way of keeping yourself into the field of play. So you might as well just pick it up safely.
1: Yeah, and, and like Jordan Rapata is the sort of guy that it will be in position at fullback who will get to the ball in plenty of time, give maximum effort getting to the ball and somehow completely miss the ball, slide over the sideline, and someone will just pick it up and score, and no one will be near them. And you're like, how the fuck did that even happen? <laughs> I you know? don't know. Yeah, it's,
0: that's the sort of stuff he does. He is... He is I find him so frustrating to watch, because you can see him do some remarkable stuff within the same minute that he does some remarkably, insanely stupid stuff. And you're like, mm-hmm. how, do, how do Raiders fans watch him, let alone think of him as being one of their best ever in any position in, or even put him in that conversation because he's hard work to watch he We're is just, yeah he is the Raiders version of um David Nofaluma he, he's part of the problem <laughs> oh man he's he he hurts my soul when I watch him play like and <laughs>
1: the look that he makes after he's done the clanger too is just no, oh, priceless. Oh fuck, I've done it again! Or oh come on, that's not right. <laughs> he's looking at everyone as if say, so, "Do you?" So, so he's almost watching himself play, and he's like, <laughs> yes. "Can you fucking believe that shit it had just happened? That's ridiculous, you know." <laughs> oh,
0: he hurts me. He like
1: hurts he would have if. if if there was a moment that Jordan Rapana would, should have been involved in, it's when the Storm won in 1999, with the head high in the last seconds. Like that should have been Jordan Rapana coming across and, you know, Kate hanger and who was a Craig Smith, yeah. something like that. And it, yeah, instead of Jamie Ainscote, that should have been Jordan Rapana.
0: That's entirely a Rapana play right there.
1: That 100. <laughs> percent.
0: Oh man. Um, Sebastian Chris is also ruled out, obviously because he got suspended for five weeks for a. I'd say, I'm going to say this in all honesty, an accidental but ugly spear tackle.
1: Yes, complete. I think completely accidental. One of those things where you you get a good you get a good leverage on a player and you just he doesn't weigh anything oh, just, at that point. You
0: look at the mechanics of it. The guy he tackled, um, Katoa. He was stepping away from um, from Chris as Chris was tackling which meant all his momentum was going away from him. And Chris has tackled him like both arms around the waist. And he's like pushing him. But because, because the bloke he's picking up is moving away from him, all the momentum is pushing away. And it's going with the momentum that Chris is coming to tackle with. Mm-hmm. So when he's tackling him the way he has, he's always going to get lifted into the air. And I reckon for most players, as soon as I get them up there, the idea is try and get them flat, yeah. horizontal, not yeah. pointing down. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of the – he's trying to get a bit of that mechanics in there. And the one thing that worried me is that as he's going down to the ground, um, Katoa's ducked his head and I've gone, oh, fuck, don't do that. Yeah, I freaked out. I freaked out as that tackle was happening. And I was so glad he just stood straight back up. and I went, yeah. fuck, because, I mean – we all know that that's what Alex McKinnon did. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's an instinct thing. But he ducked his yeah. head as he was being plowed, not not straight down, which was mm. probably the saving grace for Kato here. But McKinnon mm. was being plowed, like speared in at a forty-five degree angle.
1: Yeah, his one was he his one was uh, McKinnon's one was, re- and he had a lot of players in that tackle as well. The yeah. McKinnon one, so he had a lot more weight and stuff it wasn't just his own body weight it was like i mean it must mean hundreds of kilos you know
0: yeah and um, all his momentum was being used against him as well because yeah you know, they were tackling him in the direction he was running yeah um, but, but i yeah, just i freaked out on head. that
1: one on the weekend that was just like oh my god I, and yeah as you said when he bounced up it was like oh that could yeah. be so bad so fuck it like i don't know if because it's weird. Some some people listening to this podcast won't have played footy before. And there are moments in tackles where you get the right leverage and just things work in the right way where you can tackle a player and it doesn't matter how big they are or small they are compared to you. They weigh nothing for a moment. And that especially
0: was like... If, yeah, especially if they're stepping away from you in the direction that you're coming at them from and tackling them. They basically are... They actually have no weight. Yeah. And so you can... and that's why and another
1: one is like when you see a player that every single time they hit someone really well it's because they're hitting them in the right way with the right leverage in the right point mm. and it's uh it's an interesting thing the game and that's why it, it feels so good to smash someone because you don't feel it but they get they get absolutely polaxed you know yeah, and that's why players get—they, I mean, even the professionals—they, if they smash someone, they get pumped up about it because it feels good to smash someone. Oh. And yeah, that was one of those tackles that—it just you could see he weighed nothing in that moment. And yeah. he could have he could have done whatever he wanted to him, and unfortunately the momentum and everything it took him neck first. Like the thing that was going through my head as he was in the air was like neck, 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 neck. You know, yeah. that's the only yeah. thing yeah. I was
0: thinking. Oh, I was the same. I was gonna go on. Oh, mate, keep either keep rotating or you know land a flat on your gut. But man, mm. he just uh, he just turned so quick too once he got up in the air. Mm. Yeah. I was like, Fuck. And then he got up. I was like, jeez, he's lucky. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> he really um, was. So for this game, the the Knights have got um, Gagai, Hastings, Ponga, Kurt Mann, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Leo Thompson, Phoenix Crossland, Tyson Frizzell all back. And for the Raiders, uh, Danny Levi, Ethan Strange, James Schiller, Jared Croker, Xavier Savage. Um, most of those guys will be on the extended bench, I assume. Um, yeah, look, I haven't really been impressed by either of these sides, even though the Knights are on a nine-game nine winning streak. Mm. Um, And they haven't been playing bad, but I don't know. I just haven't been overly impressed by what they've done. Um, The Raiders... feels
1: feels a little bit like what the Roosters have done, but with a bit quality.
0: A bit more polish. Yeah. The Raiders... It feels to me like they were just given a wildcard entry into the finals. (laughs)
2: Yeah. How can
0: you have a points difference of over 100, you know, negative 100 points and make the finals? I'm pretty sure I I found one because I was talking about this with
1: people on Twitter. I found one where the Raiders were minus 170
0: that's right, yes.
1: Yeah, and it was in the – it might have been 2005, something like that. No, 2000. It,
0: it was early in that. It was when – I'm pretty sure it was the year that the Bulldogs had their points scrapped. 2002. And, yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. So the Bulldogs um, lost 38 points, and they went down to the last place, and it pushed Canberra from ninth up to eighth. Because okay. Canberra had 10 wins from 24 games.
1: Because I was just – I wasn't looking at the overall table. I was just purely looking at top eight and, like, negative, negative for and against. There was a, a few years uh, – I think it was a few years after that. might have been 2009 or something where the Cowboys finished in third with minus yeah. one seventy, which was, like,
0: weird. Yeah, I, I remember that one too, that one. Actually, I think that one was a bit more recent, wasn't
1: it? See, because I stopped at a certain point, stopped going through them. So I think it was – I stopped at, I think, 2011 or something.
0: I could be wrong. No, it was, it was 2007, yeah. I thought it was okay. a bit more recent than that. Yeah, Yeah, um, yeah they were third, and they conceded 618 points. Yeah, crazy. It's nuts. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad performance defensively by the Raiders. I think I did the stat earlier, which, you know, in an earlier episode about how most of their wins have been by, you know, Six points or so is the average winning margin, but the average losing margin is by about 20.
1: Yeah, and and like uh, and I remember when we talked about them, and it's like if you blindly gave, say, someone like you, and said, okay, you, you kind of know the margins and all that for the all seasons, this team had this many points scored against them, where do you reckon they finished? This team had this for and against, where do you reckon they finished? All of it sort of points to them being like a, about 12th place on the ladder. But somehow they're there. They made it.
0: Yeah. Um I'm not I I literally don't know which way to go with this. I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm going to go with the Knights. Mhm. But I think that this will be uh, if like if the Knights win this, it'll be their last win for the year. Um Yeah. The Raiders though, are capable of getting the win if it gets down to a a, a real grinding affair in the middle. The Raiders will get a, get over the top of them. Um I don't think the Raiders' attack has enough flair or variance to trouble the Knights. So they've got to rely on playing a grinding footy game through the middle. Yeah. But momentum's a fucking beautiful thing coming this time of year. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Knights by three points.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I Look, I think that uh, I worry about the Knights because Hastings, I feel as though, is coming back probably early. And I think Ponga is definitely coming back early, and I can oh, see certainly he is, and yeah, and I could see where they like either one or both of them don't like it's five minutes into the match and they're walking off the field, like, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I just feel as though that would be wouldn't be a shock, and that would really derail the nights. But at the same time, this Raiders team has zero composure. And they're poorly coached. And Ricky Stewart has been, you know, moving his side around and, and deciding that players that he's moved from other positions are not longer, no longer suited to those positions. So, I mean, to have the Jack White thing is weird. And <laughs> I just say, yeah, I like that. I'm going for the, I think the Knights will win. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a high scoring one. I think it'll be 28 to 22. Night's win.
0: Well, there you go. Well, we've agreed on who's going to win all the games.
1: Yeah. Well, we're yeah. experts.
0: That, that is true. That is very
1: true. Let, can um, we talk about if if the unexpected happens? The unexpected. Okay. So say a blackout. <laughs> we just forfeit the game at that point, don't you? It's just no, unless it's play sixty minutes and that's it. There's you've got a result. Otherwise, it's the game is not. Um, it's null and void. No, you, you play, play a bit voice.
0: of. You play a bit of it a few days later. Okay. Yeah, that sounds bit. stupid,
1: Andrew. Who would come up with that idea? England! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so say say the Panthers lose and everything is open. Like, you don't know in the finals until it happens. Say the Panthers lose. Uh, do we know who they would be playing?
0: Um, yeah, we do. Where's the... Uh, uh, Let it predict the thing. Where is it? Don't, oh you can still do it Right So Penrith Loses Yep And Who else are we going to have What other results are we going to have Brisbane well, versus Storm
1: Let's say Okay let's say the Storm Go through Because it's I mean it's hard With all them stats In
0: their favour Like
1: yep. Okay let's say
0: Sharks Roosters
1: Okay let's Let's say the Roosters win
0: Okay And okay. Knights Raiders
1: and let's say, and let's say the Knights win. So we've mixed it up
0: enough. Okay. Next week it would mean that the Panthers play the Knights and the Broncos play the Roosters.
1: Okay, so Panthers Knights would be interesting, and, and Broncos I think the Broncos
0: would walk through the Roosters. So if Panthers lose, they'll be playing either Newcastle or Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: the, the Raiders do not want to play. So the Raiders, the poor Raiders. <laughs> Let's pull one out for the Raiders.
0: So as I said, like...
1: Well, hey there? So or I lost you. Whoever wins I'll, that game. I lost the you, last... from, no, lost you for a moment. Okay, I'm still okay. yapping away. Okay, go on, go on. I
0: was just saying, that's kind of why I was looking at it and saying, like, um, I remember looking at that much thinking, whoever wins that Knights Raiders game, will be the last win they have for the year because they will be playing against either the Warriors in New Zealand mm-hmm. or Penrith in Penrith. So, that's... Good fucking luck. Yeah, yeah, you are fucked either way there. Yeah. Um, and so the the winner out of Sharks Roosters will be playing against the loser of Broncos Storm.
1: And, and I think that for both of those teams they're fucked there.
0: Yeah, look, the thing is, I think I think the Broncos have I don't know there's something about them that makes me think there's a bit of them that seems like they're a bit more beatable than the Storm and the Warriors.
1: I, no, you I, know what it? I tell you what it is. I tell you what it is. Right. So the the Panthers and Storm, we know what they are. We they've got the experience. They've like they tick all the boxes. Panthers and Storm. So let's put them to the side. Mm-hmm. Difference between the Raiders and the Broncos. This is kind of their first run for both clubs, right? Yep all the expectations is on the Broncos and the, there's not expectation on the Warriors. The Warriors are like, Oh, you know, yeah, you're here. Like, let's see what you do. Whereas the Broncos, the thing is like, okay, you're here now, go and do it. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a, it's a slightly different outlook for both clubs, but the pressures that come with that are very different. You yeah. know, the, the Warriors can go out there and throw caution to the wind and, and if they lose, man, it was a great season. They had a great run. If the Broncos lose, then it's like, well, you fucking lost. And yeah. you lost the minor premiership. Yeah. And then you just, now you're just fucked again, you know? So
0: that's a, a big difference. And I, I think that's what it is. I think you're right. Because um, I think both the Sharks and the Roosters potentially are capable of beating the Broncos. Really? I, but in the finals... I don't rate either of them a chance, a chance against the Storm. Oh. It's, no, no hope. No. It, it, but it
2: the Broncos are
0: embarrassing, yeah. I just think the, the, there's just something about the Broncos that feels like there's, there's parts in the games where they can be a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just, they will play a little panicky at times. Mm-hmm. And I think the Sharks and the Roosters are, I'm not saying by much, can be a little bit more composed. The Roosters certainly can because they've got a lot more experience there. Mm -hmm. The Sharks' attack is a little bit more varied than the Roosters and can throw a few more things at the Broncos' defense. And the Broncos' defense is kind of like their attack. It can get sloppy for small moments in games. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I don't see that as being as big an issue with the Storm or the Warriors. That's obviously not an issue for the Panthers. So the Broncos are just... And I'm not talking about you know, 20 or 30 minutes per game. I'm talking about, you know, five, 10-minute spots yeah. where the Broncos can be a little bit sloppy in attack and or defense. And in finals footy, it, sometimes the, the form you've had during the season to get to the finals becomes irrelevant because you're playing a different beast of game now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, the Roosters are a better side on paper than seventh. Not by much, but I'd, I'd say they're a better side than the Knights and the Sharks. That's, you know, if, if we're looking at them on paper, they should have finished higher than both of those sides. I don't know. I, 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 I haven't rated the Roosters this year. I know, but do you genuinely think that the Knights are a better team on paper than the Roosters, though?
1: On paper? I don't think there's that much of a difference between them. I honestly don't.
0: Uh, I, I think the Roosters are considerably better than the Knights on paper. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, i um, I just there's a lot of those Roosters players that I just don't rate. A whole heap of them. Like I'd also say that okay.
0: this is probably going to be, if they don't make some genuine changes to their roster within the next year or two, mm-hmm. this could be their last genuinely threatening run in a final series. And I don't think they're going to be genuinely threatening, but I don't think they're going to be stronger next year all the year after that, without some changes to their, especially their pack. Mm, yeah. Um, they've got to make some changes soon and, and start refreshing that squad and that roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, people people have gone on about their pack, and it's like, oh, they, you know, Jared Rory Hargreaves leads them and stuff like that. And it's like, they, it doesn't matter. They're not good. <laughs> like, I know they've got uh, Lindsay Collins in there. He's a good yeah, player. but very he's, good. He's, 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 he's,
0: you know. You can't play a lone hand in the forwards in this
1: modern game. Exactly, and like I, I just look at what the Panthers did to them and it was chalk and cheese, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a difference between being an actual good pack and people just saying it. You
0: know, um, now we've got the final stat out of the way. Oh, I had a few more questions. Oh, okay. Go for i got it. a few more
1: questions. Go for, go more. Go for so, it. So uh, uh, some of the interesting things that – the the big one for me, right, is this: yep. the Storm win. They're one mm-hmm. win away from the grand final. Okay, mm-hmm. they then put the Broncos on the other side of the table. That's right. Yeah. So the Broncos would have to win then their week two game, and if they won that, they would then go through and potentially play the Panthers if the Panthers beat the Warriors. And the Broncos, even when they were crap would play pretty damn good against the, the Panthers. Like, they, the Panthers had had to win some fucking games against the Broncos when the Broncos were terrible. Um, and that stuck with me a little bit. And if that was the case, didn't it just turn into an armchair ride to the grand final for the fucking Storm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that,
0: I mean, that... Storm like, are that, positioned pretty nicely at the moment, and I think yeah, they know it. Yeah. Yeah. But to be able to get your away finals match to be at Suncorp against a team that you absolutely dominate at that very ground, it's basically a home game. Yeah. What a win that is. It's huge. And the other thing is too that comes
1: out of it, and I know that there's a lot of other people that probably think I'm dismissing their teams and talk about the Panthers, but I'm just going by recent results in finals games. You know, anything can happen in this final series. I don't know. That's why we're going to play the games. But if we ended up with a grand final, that was Panthers versus storm, it would feel a little bit, uh, Panthers versus Raiders, early nineties, getting one back on them. There'd be a little bit of that in there. Uh, and, damn, that would be a game. That would be a fucking game.
0: I reckon that's probably now become the most likely outcome.
1: Yeah, so do I.
0: And, yeah, I think they're the Storm are the only team capable of pushing the Panthers. I agree,
1: although I do worry about the Broncos a bit, but I I agree for the most part. And the thing that gets me is that the, I feel as though the Storm could come out in a game like that. And beat the Panthers. They've definitely got the ability to. Yeah. But if we if we saw if we saw the sort of game that the Panthers had the last two times in the regular season against the Storm, if it was something like that, where like say the Storm get out to a really great game, great lead, and then all of a sudden the Panthers score thirty eight nil against them, if we saw that in the grand final, I, I don't know how to rate the Panthers if they, they were able to do something like that. Like, I would just turn the. I'd just say, Andrew, you tell me what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Because it'd break my brain.
0: It would. Um, I was just looking at the ladder. Mm -hmm. Do you know where the Raiders rank on their points difference? Just on points difference, do they rank? I'm going to say, what did I say? About 12th? Lower. Really? What, 14th? 14th. Wow. The only teams that have got a better points difference then is the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs. Even the Titans are better. They're minus 126. The Dolphins, minus 111. The Raiders are minus 137. Is that see. right or did I, did I get that wrong somewhere? No, no, that's that's right. Yeah, it's insane.
1: It, I think that I've just realized something that you need to look up. Mm-hmm. The most consistent team in Australian Rugby League history in terms of where they finish on the ladder? Because I think it's probably every Gold Coast team. <laughs> I don't know. They just finish out there. They're just mediocre. I think, I think the Magpies go pretty close. The Magpies have pushed. I think that the West Tigers would be fucking incredible on that list.
0: Well, they've they've got an awful lot of 9th and 14th and 15th in there. Yeah, so their average is going to be like they're going to be pretty close. Like their the average is going to sit around the twelfth area somewhere, twelfth or thirteenth, which they don't finish too often.
1: I think you would have to do it by. I mean, I'm probably describing how you get to the mean, but like you take yeah. the, the average finish and then you look at the how different it gets from that. I don't know. Yeah, you're the stats guy here. I've got a stats guy, Andrew. I don't yeah. do the stats. I got a stats guy.
0: That's right. You the entire department. Just leave it with them. They'll sort yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to have a look in the, uh, the 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 three teams at the bottom. Actually, we're going to even look at the bottom five. Can I make can a I... really good argument, by the way?
1: Yeah. I think you can argue that the West Tigers are better than they were last year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, hat-wearing grog said that. <laughs> oh, Chairman Lee. No, <laughs> well, we've definitely improved this year. And I went and looked at the ladder, and, yeah, you know what? Tigers <laughs> had the same number of wins and losses this year as they did last year. Oh, but shit. their attack and defense combined was 37 points better than last year. And so I did the numbers. And if they, if they kept improving at this rate, in mm. eight years' time, their points difference would be plus six. And you could argue that it might be 12 wins and 12 losses and they might be sitting around ninth again. So we're eight years away from being ninth again. It, he will stay there as long as it takes, oh, yeah. Andrew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if they were plus six issue, they'd be sitting in seventh place on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: I, when I saw you tweet about that, I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's an eight year plan.
0: <laughs> it's an eight year plan that started, no, it's actually 15 year plan. It started seven years ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you wanted to talk about the last three teams on the ladder, yeah?
0: Well, I thought... Because I've, I've seen some articles saying that the, the, the Bulldogs were clearly the worst team this year. And the, the argument for that is their points difference is atrocious. It's the worst in the comp. It's minus 331. Yeah. Um, but they did finish 15th. So there were two wins clear of the Dragons and three wins clear of the Tigers. Do we,
1: do we keep statistics on games won versus games lost?
0: Yes. Okay, because I yeah. feel like that would be a better gauge. It's usually a pretty good gauge. Go- I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. We've been using it since 1908 to determine who plays in the finals every okay. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: It does to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone suggesting that the the Tigers are not the worst team in the comp? Or even suggesting that they're better? Just... Just fucking no. Yeah, it's mental gymnastics. It's stupid. The same win record as the season before, and to have only improved your points difference by 37, that's not an improvement, right? If you're basically stationary, you're going backwards in the modern day. Yeah. And you look at their roster for next year, it's not an improvement on this year. It's certainly not an improvement on what they had last year. It's going worse. It's going to be way worse, I reckon, hey. Yeah, and with a new coach who's never done it before.
1: Yeah. And um, with all that losing momentum.
0: Yeah. Everything's just, it's all just falling into place perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was uh, a clip of Phil Gould during the week talking about how he's not surprised that South's turned to shit after in the middle of the year talking about how great they were looking and then walking that back. Um, and I replied to that basically by saying he's just like Tim Sheen's considered a great many, many decades ago, but now he's just irrelevant and almost made themselves redundant.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, we, we've joked about that with feel good for so long where he'll be like, you know what? I knew Greg Inglis would be a good player. It's like, yeah, that fucking super athlete, the guy that was grown man when he was like 14, destroying everyone. Yeah, he was always going to be a tough one to work out, you know. Um, yeah, Gould does that. He, he loves he loves he loves shooting the arrow and painting a bullseye
0: around it. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the other thing about the West Tigers to talk about their uh, their state this year. I got asked during the week. Mm-hmm. Has a team ever come last and got the You know, got the wooden spoon, and the following year gone one position worse or worse than that, and still got the wooden spoon?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The answer is yes. It's now happened twice. Can I guess them? Yes, you can. Okay. obviously okay, okay. you know one of them. What's that? You know one of them, obviously, because it's just happened this year. Oh, the, with the West Tigers. Yeah. So yeah. they were 16th with the wooden spoon last year, and they finished 17th with the wooden spoon this and year. It's so there's, a, and there's only a
1: one other team that's done it ever before. Only one other team that's done it. Okay. Uh so you've got to be thinking
0: about years where I know, I know, a, I, know a I know. The team got the wooden know, spoon know, and the year after that Expansion. I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking to the to the listeners, just okay, in case okay. they're still listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the the following year we had one or more teams got added to the cop and this team was still shit. I am going to say Yep.
1: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> heck, can okay no i'm I'm starting to go through and there's I've got a couple of options okay but I think i'm I'm probably right
0: talk talk us through your options then okay you so
1: he's want he's let me talk you through my thought process and then I'll give you an answer okay yep. my thought process it was like a game show go on <laughs> <laughs> my thought process yep
0: nineteen
1: ninety five four teams come in, okay, mm-hmm. some of them weren't too bad uh I could see. I mean, Souths were terrible during that time. Wests were Wests. Uh, the Gold Coast maybe were Gold Coasty, but that they're, they're just mediocre. They're never really, absolutely dreadful. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wests.
0: It is West. Yep. But it wasn't from those years. Ah, what years? Because was? in 1994, Balmain got the wooden spoon. Ah, oh, really? Wow. Only their fourth wooden spoon. Hang on, not, what about 90, 95,
1: you mean, yeah? In 95, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys finished last. Yeah, but, oh, okay, so it was just finished and last. I thought yeah. it was like finished last, but then you get
0: worse. So get a, yeah, so you've got to get the wooden spoon in both years, but the second year you oh. have to go down an extra spot on the ladder.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. You can have a second crack if you want, but it is west. It's west, and would yeah. it be, oh, man.
1: I'm going to say in – I'm going to say in, like, when did Illawarra come in? 82. 82. I'm going to say 82.
0: It's not far off. 83? 87. 87. 1987, West finished last. Yeah. And then 1988, we had three new teams come in, and they still finished last, and they got the wood spoon both years. Yeah, yeah. So they went 13th and then 16th. So they did it worse than the West Tigers.
1: I just realised that Wests probably would win that consistency thing. Yeah. Because they've sucked for the most part.
0: Absolutely. They've also got the record, the Magpies, <laughs> of being the only team to go from being having the wood spoon to being the premiers in consecutive years. Mm-hmm. And they're also the only team to have done that in reverse. <laughs> 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 Fucking poor fans. <fiends. laughs>
1: Imagine if I'm following even half of that club, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
0: part of the DNA. It's,
1: it really is. Now, um, I d- you know what I described. I, I was on uh, the Rambling of the Sape podcast on Saturday evening, right? Yeah. And it was, we were talking about British rugby league for the most part, and we we touched on the West Tigers, and I, I said that the West Tigers. It's like having a tiger skin carpet and you can smell something really bad and you kick it up and lift it over and there's a dead rotten magpie under it and you're like, oh, that's the
0: smell. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Yeah. Except there's a lot of magpies that are dead underneath it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty phenomenal that. I found out too later on, thanks to um, our regular listener, Bob Harvey, Mm -hmm. that uh, that tweet with that stat that I put in there on Twitter – that became the legwork for an article that someone over at Yahoo wrote. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even know about that. They just you know took who... my, I just took my tweet, embedded it into the article, and then talked around it. Oh, really? What, do, who who wrote it? No idea. Some okay. unknown bloke. I've never heard of him before. Yeah. yeah. But there you go. That's... Just doing the legwork for journo's now, just with a tweet. <laughs> How hard's journalism these days? I know. Oh, right. I'll just go on Twitter. To
1: be fair, though, I have a stats guy I use. I've,
0: I have heard about him.
1: Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's pretty handy. good. Hey, he's handy. I, I, uh, he's handy. You know, one thing about him, he, yeah. he's thick like a can of Pepsi. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I've heard he's packing a just a, a hog.
0: I well, look, pretty much all those stats guys do.
1: I've he- I've heard right, my stats guy. I've heard that. In some countries, they consider consider a deformity. So big.
0: That's that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Look, um, I've I've heard similar rumours. I can't argue with it. Can't argue with it. Um, impressive. Just impressive. the word on the street. Yeah, um, it's part of the reason why you can do so much typing too. He's basically you've got three arms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A fucking helped. tripod, yeah, kickstand. <laughs> that's that's the word going round. I uh, also heard he charges a fuck ton as well. Not not for the stats work. I was going to say what for?
1: <laughs> I fucking owe him money. <laughs> I don't want checks him to strangle mail. me with anything.
0: It checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you'll <laughs> believe you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. Oh, well, we we touched on a uh, issue with the uh, the English Rugby League recently, um, Lee versus Huddersfield.
1: Okay, can but, you ta- now can you take us through what happened, then what the outcome should have been, and then what the idiots at the Rugby Football League decided to do?
0: Oh, this is this is phenomenal. This one um, broke new ground. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> This is phenomenal. Okay, the match was abandoned in the 48th minute. This is between Lee and Huddersfield due to a floodlight failure. Mm -hmm. So all the power went out. They couldn't see anything. Um, So this game was, it started on Friday, the 1st of September. And so they suspended the game on the 48th minute. The RFL then decided um, the match would be resumed on Sunday, the 3rd of September at 3 p.m., So the match was resumed 42 hours after it started. Mm -hmm. So it was agreed that it would resume exactly as it was left on the night before with the same number of interchange players remaining and the same team, same match officials, same sideline judges, all that sort of stuff, Um, same squads, the same players are on the field at the same time. They try to keep everything as identical as possible. The only thing you've got when you do this Mm -hmm. is the one thing that you can't add back into it is momentum and fatigue and fatigue? But at half time, Lee was leading this game 16 to 6, and just two or three minutes before the power went out, Huddersfield scored a try to reduce the deficit to 16 mm-hmm. to 10. And they were in the ascendancy, they were coming back. When you come back, all that's gone. Lee ended up winning the game 34 16, they ran away with it. That's the problem with doing this. Now, in the past, there's been a number of games over in England that have been um, suspended or abandoned. A lot of them has been due to like freak snowstorms. Um, there's even been a few occasions where a player has died on the field or they've been involved in such a, such a horrendous accident that they've had to put an ambulance on the field and do CPR on them or take them away to a hospital, and they've found out shortly after that, they passed, that the player passed away mm-hmm. or... You know, graphic things like that. And the decision on every single one of those occasions was either the game is just remains abandoned, so all the players get all the stats they achieved in that game for appearances and points scored, but the actual result does not count. Yeah. Or the alternative option was they play the game in full on a different day all over again.
1: So, yeah, so they nullify the entire contest and just replay it completely.
0: Again, the play stats will still stay the same, but the entire thing is completely scratched, and they just play the game at a different time. Mm -hmm. Those have been the only two ways they've ever dealt with this before. Until now. (laughs) So when I criticised this and explained all of this on, you know, talking about it on Twitter when I was mentioned on there, some of the reasons I had as to why this was right were insane. People saying there wasn't enough time to play the full game. I went, are they that strapped for time that they can only play 32 minutes and not 80? Mm. Like, oh, if- what, about, what about the fatigue issue? I'm going, that's not an issue. Like every year. Super League has to reschedule games and have games two or three days apart because of the Challenge Cup and certain teams getting into the next round, which, because it's a knockout, you don't know who's going to be doing that and how it impacts the rest of the competition. So everything has to be rejigged around. And sometimes a team will play two games in the space of four days. So fatigue is not an issue here either. They're constantly dealing with this every single year. Time's not an issue either. There's no reason for this. This is just nuts.
1: Yeah. I, I don't get it i I mean the other thing is like if you've got the like aren't the rules in place so that when something happens like this, you go straight to the rule there's no area for emotions and interpretation and stuff like that it's just bang, this is what we do and, and that we have that for a reason, and for whatever reason they've chosen to ignore. Those rules. I don't get it. it. I don't understand why they've done it. Well,
0: part of the reason they said it was because obviously Lee's in the in the top six. Huddersfield are still a chance of making the finals. So the result actually carried some weight. So if they didn't want to replay it properly, if they didn't want to abandon it, give both sides a draw. Mm. Right? Yeah. No one's got an advantage out of it, and you're both still got a point. You're still within the you're still within the hunt. As it stands, it's it's probably kind of ended Huddersfield's season. They they're now six points away from the top six. Um and Lee are now two wins away from the top of the ladder and two wins clear of the actually they're three wins clear of uh eighth? Ninth. Um so they've they've pretty much made the finals now, Lee have. Yeah. Yeah. On the back of this result, and Huddersfield are basically out now because of it. Um, it seems all just a bit nuts. To put it simply.
1: Yeah, man, you hear some weird stuff out of English rugby league, don't you? It's so
0: strange. It feels like when they make these insane decisions like this, it's panic that sets mm. in, mm. or like they've got they
1: they have a rule book, but they. Somebody can convince them to ignore that.
0: Like they're treating it like it's a guidebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like
1: I It's like, it's like, dude, dude, dude. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. It's like you know what it is. And I've been watching a lot of police videos from the US. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like what the people that try and convince the police that they're wrong. It's like those people. But if they actually did convince the police, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. Right, I, I know. It says I was speeding, but he's sure your hand wasn't moving on the gun and made it go forward towards my car. And, and they're like, hey, you make a good point. Give me where speed. You know, It's that sort of shit. Except it works. <laughs> Except it worked.
0: That's what I don't get. Um, but the other thing that's crazy too, okay. Obviously, don't, there was by two the way, days. Was, sorry, go on, go on. There's two days between when the game started and when it resumed. Yeah. What if one player got injured either training or just doing something at home and they injured themselves and they couldn't come back onto the field? That's a good point. It's no longer the same game sp- picking up where it was. Someone gets sick. Fuck, someone gets COVID. That still happens today. I mean, James Hetfield of Metallica currently got COVID. He's had to call off concerts. So COVID's still around. Yeah, yeah. I've heard That's it's
1: I've that's heard insane. it's only got a survival rate of 99.99% as well.
0: Oh, there you go. Um, the 5G's good. Still is. Still is. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the big risk when you do this. It's mm. insane.
1: With, I, I can't think of another game. You know what it reminds me of is that F1 race in Canada. Yeah. Do, do you remember the one that's the, like... That, they Delayed by age because
0: of the rain. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess that's the longest game of rugby league in the game's history, wouldn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, we might yeah. need to, I might need to get some stats from you after the podcast for that. I might it write about good. that. Yeah.
0: That's
1: that takes. Idea. You know what? That takes over from that game that you and me watched. <laughs> it does. Got that game had fifty minute halves. It fucking kicks its ass.
0: Minutes. That was insane. That was so um, weird. So yeah, this game went for three days. The weird thing about that game was
1: that like it wasn't just like watching the game had been like I feel like this game's gone gone a bit long, you know, ten minutes long. It was like they've been playing for another thirty minutes, I'm sure.
0: Like yeah. it wasn't a a sm- small amount of time. And no one stopped to ask the referee. Oh, well, yeah. we just keep going then.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very strange.
0: <laughs> oh, it's pretty good, Yeah. Um anything else we need to throw in? Not that I can
1: think of. Just uh the only other thing I can think is is just how utterly putrid the journalists were this week. As soon as the finals uh, start, they all start, like, just whingy. doing their regurgitation of shit. Um and, Yeah. And as you said, I mean, you brought up Andrew Webster before. Like, I, I think that he goes into that Andrew Johns, Matt Johns thing of, like, if they say something the opposite's
0: probably the way to go. Exactly right. Fucking sucks. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it, it baffles me how they, they get to the finals and you think everyone would be getting excited and they're getting more and more fucking miserable.
1: Yeah, and like people fucking let themselves be dragged into it. I know. I don't get that.
0: I know, it's nuts. That's why I was thought that was, the, that was the driving factor behind me putting up that Dynasty Stats thing. I just want to get people talking about football current and past. Yeah. Like, don't get drawn into this shit. And... People wanted to debate with me about what a definition of a dynasty was. It's like, why do you distract yourselves with the point that doesn't matter? Like, look at the teams that I've listed, and you can talk yeah. about which ones you think are great, which where you think they could move to, and which ones should be higher up or whatever. I'm happy for that discussion. Yeah. Don't debate with me. Don't try and prove that I'm wrong about something that's subjective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the, there's a laid out statistical. Oh, I like, know, it. But that's that's what modern journalism does to all stories. Instead of actually looking at the actual story, mm. let's whinge about some picky little side issue that's really not that relevant. But we'll make that bit the big part of the story. Yeah, exactly. I t-
1: I tell you one thing. Uh, when I tweeted about like we're gonna we're, in a month from now we'll know if the Panthers are one of the, one of the best teams of the modern era or like one of the great teams if they can win three straight. And um, I had somebody say, what about Paramount eels, and then they they suggested that this Panthers team would smash the eels with all things being equal and i was I said that like i don't like to do that sort of rating because they're completely different areas you know I, like I know you know this, but different areas the ten meter will come in after the eels premiership wins, and um you know those guys had jobs. just that alone you know um and so i don't like to denigrate one compared to the other um i just uh, because to me these great teams in rugby league history they're special i I fucking love these teams i don't want to start dragging them down you know and so i just didn't want to didn't want to rate them against one another um i think you can rate i think you and that's why i think it's cool that we have both talked about it's a much easier to rate after the 10 meter era, not just because of the 10 meter era, but because there's a very big step up in professionalism when the 10 meter era come in. Um, and so it's a bit easier to rate after that. Um, but yeah, it's that, I was just, talk, I I've enjoyed talking about football this week cause I'm so fucking excited for the football and I don't get why anyone would be sitting there miserable about fucking crowds. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they've got all year to whinge about that we can't sell the crowds out enough it's like fucking shut up because that's the important part ugh honestly oh they're nuts it's going to be like the Panthers will sell out Shark Park will sell out uh, they've sold out in Newcastle and I mean if it's not a sell out in Brisbane I'd be shocked and it's going to be fucking awesome to see the crowds this year did you see the average was like 19,000 the average
0: yeah. Yeah, it was I think I think the average is up on previous seasons, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, it's the highest average of all time. Yeah. The problem though with that I'm I'm gonna do a journo thing in here. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's um they've they've also got the uh, Magic Weekend crowds in there. Ah. And instead of those crowds being three different crowds, yeah, they're eight. Oh well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> it, it's that's part of the reason why the, in my view, yeah, no, I'm not saying this is fact. Why the English have Magic Weekend mm-hmm. is it's a way of inflating their crowd figures as a way to try and get advertising and marketing to the game. You know what? If that works for you. Fair enough. So be it. You can make an argument for and against that sort of thing. I don't think the NRL needs to be doing that. But yeah, the, that? it's pretty high up. So I think the previous high, highest average crowd was seventeen thousand five hundred odd. Um, yeah. and that would have been the early twenty tens. I'm I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember it started to drop down a bit after that. Yeah. Not not much. Like it was maybe it came down. A 1,000 or so per year on average. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was mainly because we're taking the game to um, more regional areas and more smaller venues uh, more often instead of just one or two games a year. It was like 9, 10, 11 games per year starting to to these other regional areas. Um, and then you also had obviously the impacts of COVID, the Broncos turning to shit for a few years. Yeah, Newcastle um, not going great. Exactly. Play teams where you'd normally get really big crowds as well. That started to impact pretty heavily there. Yeah. Um, and so now we're starting to get a few things coming back into play. And obviously, also you got the Dolphins playing in Lank, Lank Park as well. Suncoast. Yep. Yeah. They've pushed that up. Um, the Warriors getting good crowds.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a lot of good things there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can actually ever get to an average of twenty thousand. They're not far off.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I feel like the stadium capacities are going to hurt a little bit. Like, I mean, Penrith could probably pretty easily get twenty five into their stadium uh, for their bigger matches, but like they're just tapped out at tw- it's like twenty one thousand and something, um, which is well, unfortunate, you know. And the Sharks with eleven,
0: you know, I was gonna say with the Sharks if they're smart, if they're smart. They'll sell every single person that's got a unit there, just you've you've got a membership, right? We'll just count every single one of you as part of the home crowd figure. Yeah. Because you can all, by rights, look out your window and watch the game. Yeah. So essentially you're all part of the crowd. Do you have family and friends that live in Australia? We can give them memberships too, and they've contributed to the creation of your eyes, so they all count as well. You know, next thing you know, this show got average home crowd of about 354,000 people per week. Be great. And
1: what would yeah. you feel like living over the top of a stadium like that? I'd hate it. Why? As, well, I'm not a city
0: person to start with. Oh, you know, sometimes I forget that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would fucking no. hate it. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, it. yeah. Because you have the bright lights and the fucking loud noise. I you know, just go. Can you all just fuck off? <laughs> I'm trying to watch the game on TV. <laughs> I'm I'm used to living I, hundreds of kilometers away from any football game. True, true. Like they, all these fucking
1: people are getting in the way of me being quietly out here in this cow shed up to my fucking elbow in this cow. All right, it's just That's annoying.
0: Right. Yeah, the the radio on with some bloke on ABC talking about bushfires halfway backer, through the backer
1: game of footy. In the or something. What is his name?
0: Sure. I don't know yeah. what his name is. Something like that. I think it's Macca or something. Yeah. Who cares? That and then the test cricket afterwards over in England.
2: Yeah,
0: Perfect. Arm up a cow. Where else would you rather be? You can't tell me that's not the best place to be. Well, you know, I, I hear that that's
1: what they like in Wales. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think that I would personally probably enjoy it if it was my team. Um, But the, I think the thing that that gets you. And I know this cause I've lived near Penrith football stadium at times, like really close to it. Um, like it'll be things like there's a game on that you're not going to and you just want to duck into the little shopping center and, and get some fucking bread or something. And the car park is absolutely packed and you will not get parking. And you're even going to watch the game like a few streets away and hear the crowd through the window, you know? Yeah. But, it's just like, ah, uh, I can't even just go and grab something here, you know? So I would find that um, there would be times where I'd sort of go the opposite way from the stadium and get a feed at like Red, Red Rooster or something, or the Maccas, the, the, not the Panthers Maccas, the other Maccas. But, yeah, anyway, this is life stories uh, with League <laughs> Freak. Really important <laughs> shit I'm bringing in. My eating habits during Panthers games.
0: Absolutely. Can I That's just so, say, so
1: being, there, being there, Nadine invited me, being there to see them win that minor premiership, really special. That was so cool that day. I
0: mean, is it that special, though? I mean, you can just go and see and do it next
1: year. Well, well yeah, I mean, lock us in. Like, look out, St. George, here we come. But, starts, oh, we didn't talk about Andrew Abdo.
0: Oh, what, what's Andrew, what's he done? <laughs>
1: Did you you haven't seen this? No. Uh, so Andrew Abdo, first of all, he took the he took the shield up to Brisbane. Brisbane didn't win it. So he brings it back to, to Penrith. And like Nadine's looking around for him and she's like, He better be here. He better be here or I'm gonna complain, right? <laughs> she f- sees him in one of the boxes. I don't even know how. Nadine's got an eagle eye, right? So, well, I mean she's she's keen to punch on and I mean she's been training for a while. Violent. Yeah, uh, so so she sees him, and then so we're having a laugh about him. Anyway, he goes out for the t- trophy presentation, and he starts his word soup. You know how he's got word soup yes. that he gets to. Yes. So and so he says like, uh, he says I'd like to acknowledge about fifteen separate times, but it's like I'd like to acknowledge the Penrith Panthers. And I'd like to acknowledge how good they were this year, and then he's like. Some really interesting things about this season. The Panthers are the best team in the league in terms of having the possession. They had three percent more than any other team. And he's, he's done his for, homework. Right. He's he's waiting for the applause or something. Wow, like,
2: well, he's done a stat.
1: I was like I looked at Nadine and I was like, well, that's cool, you know. And then he goes, and I just want to Say that they ran for 45,000 meters. Anyways, for the applause, there's no applause, and people are like, Is this guy going to fucking hand over the trophy anytime soon? <laughs> exactly. And then he says, And I want to, I want to, some of their players, Dylan Edwards at fullback. Dylan Edwards had 145 assists this year. <laughs> That's what he said, these words, right? He's come and D- they've got Dylan Edwards on the big screen, and Dylan Edwards is like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? (laughs) He looked confused. Is this assist like in the NBA? Yeah, it's like, what's he talking about? It's like hundreds of assists that he said Dylan Edwards had, which would, I mean, if he did, like Penrith would have scored 10,000 points this year, you know? And he just kept on giving these like completely irrelevant stats before he handed the trophy over. It was the weirdest thing ever.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would have loved it. Oh mate, I'm, I've got to go find it now. I love stats. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go check me out. It, it's <laughs> honestly, it's going to be one of the underrated post-match things in in a game. Um, but it's it's honestly, it needs its place there in terms of the Optus Vision TV falling apart and Billy Idol telling everyone he loves footy, and that was it. Fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I have got to check this out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is going to be great. Um, Oh, this. We. I mean, we should wrap it up on that though. That sounds phenomenal.
2: Yeah, yeah, we
0: did we, well. We can't top that. Nah, nah. <laughs> for, right, a well, of, for a couple of sovereign
1: citizens, we did good.
0: We. We. I mean, we've done our best. <laughs> I don't my, 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 questions. My, my stats thread feels like absolute fucking shit now in comparison. <laughs> I just got so to delete it all. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna love this video when we find it. It's okay. so good. I can't wait. All right. Well, uh, you guys can all piss off. I've got to go watch this stats video because this is going to be phenomenal. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Check us out on all the socials, and uh, we will catch us all next time.